0: Well, it's a Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Good afternoon to you. How are you? Hope you're well. It's been a dismal, miserable, morbid day here in the Northwest of the UK. It's grim, it's raining, but I'm in good form thanks for finding me again, you always do. You can uh, let me know how you're feeling, what you're thinking at my website, richieallen.co.uk comment live that's how you do it get in touch with me right now
1: Uncensored Unfiltered You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent
2: news radio show
3: It's the Richie Allen Show Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Now,
0: the great Paul Craig Roberts will be on the programme a bit later on to talk all things Eastern Europe. paulcraigroberts.org is his website. He's a great guy. He's been coming on my programmes for many, many moons as Paul. Anything you'd like me to mention... To him, do let me know through the website, Paul Craig Roberts, later on in the programme. Before that, you and I are going to have a chat. We'll run down the latest Ukraine reporting by the legacy media. And I'll read your comments out as we go along. We'll talk a little bit of COVID as well. Censorship. Lots to talk about in the first hour. It's Wednesday's Richie Allen Show, and it is March 2nd. I thought it was March 3rd. Don't ask me why. It's the 2nd of March in the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah, it is miserable out there. On the on the positive front, or on a positive note, the German Shepherd puppy seems to have stopped leaking liquid from her back passage. The old diarrhea seems to be drying up. I'm, I'm very reluctant to get too cock about that. Because things can change very quickly when you're dealing with young puppies, can't they? I'm sure you know that. But she's alright. And she's eating again. Boiled rice. And boiled chicken. (laughs) Awful. She doesn't seem to mind. She wolfs it down. So she does. Yes. Ably assisted by her retriever pal. I like to keep you informed of these things. It just momentarily takes your mind off the fact that we, well, we live in a madhouse in a lunatic asylum. couple of interesting things you can read on RichieAllen.co.uk. It's been busy on there the last couple of days. Back to normal on there. So do check out the articles. You can comment and put your own thoughts and you can be as in-depth as you like regarding your own thoughts. I'll, I'm, I'm happy to, to browse the articles and read your thoughts. So I am. couple of emails, if you don't mind... I'd like to read a couple of brief emails before I commence this evening's broadcast. This is a a touching one. It's from Akutu. He says, Hi Richie, my very dear friend, Judith Leopold, passed away on Valentine's weekend. She was an enormous fan of yourself, convincing me to listen to you, which I now do. Plus, I've shared your programme with my friends, one who lives in Malawi. I am asking that, if at all possible, you would mention her love and dedication to your show because she uh, contributed to the show monthly. She would have been delighted to get a mention. Beautiful Hungarian woman who studied metaphysics. R.I.P. Judith, Gone, but never, ever forgotten. Uh, Kind regards, Akutu. That's a lovely male, Akutu. And obviously, Judith meant a lot to you and was a very good friend of yours. I'm genuinely sorry for um for your personal loss even though I I didn't obviously know Judith but I'm I'm um, very grateful that she supported the program and gracious that she introduced you to it as well we say back in um, in, in Ireland we say de on him and basically may may god be be with her be with her name may god be with her so um thanks for that lovely email and maybe i mean what do i know about things I mean, Judith was into metaphysics. Maybe somewhere, somehow, she'll she'll get this and realise that we're talking about her today. So thanks, Okuta, for that. I really appreciate it. And I had this one from Steve. He says, Richie... Hi, Richie. He says, I've had to pause my support for you at the moment due to electric bill for over £600. I hate to have to do this, but I thought I owe you an explanation. You don't, obviously, Steve, but thanks. He says, I am retired... And this kind of extortion leaves me little choice for now. Sorry it isn't good news. Uh, I love what you do for all of us, and I wish there was a way around it. Warm regards, Steve. Steve, you don't owe me any apology whatsoever, and I don't expect people to support this programme every single month of the year. I hope that people can find it in themselves to do that, but I'm well aware of the financial problems faced by people. I've talked about it on the programme, the squeeze that every single one of us is is realising, is kind of waking up to. So, absolutely no need for the apology. And I've read this one out because there will be others. You know, you don't need to send me emails. You certainly don't need to apologise. You need to take care of your own personal circumstances. You know, this programme has always endured. When when it's been really struggling for support, support has always come along at the last minute. And there are friends of ours who are spiritual beings and they will say that there are reasons for that. So, so don't worry about it. And it's a good... Thanks, Stephen. It's a good opportunity for me to thank Mark Poyerski again and everyone working at markpoyerski.com for their, obviously, very recent support of the programme with the book sales in the last week going to the programme. I can't thank him and his staff highly enough. Something always comes up and it always has done. And I tell you, maybe there's something in this... I've never worried a single time about it, going back to 2014. I never have. I've just kind of gotten on with it and kind of thought, well, if it's meant to be, it won't pass us by. Something always happens. Thanks for that anyway, Steve. I really appreciate it. Uh, Seven minutes past five. Don't forget Paul Craig Roberts on this programme a little bit later on today. Uh, They're saying that 2,000 civilians... Ukrainian civilians have been killed uh, in the Russian invasion. Is that true? Is it untrue? Who knows? I don't know. It would be not just remiss of me, but terribly wrong of me to say that it's wrong, it's fake news. I have no idea. Maybe it's true. If you shell cities, people die. And does it matter if it's 2,200 or 200,000? I suppose it does in the minds of most people. The higher the number, the more awful it is. But um, I don't know. I know the Pope, Pope Francis, has been asked to intervene and to speak to Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, to ask him about opening humanitarian corridors to allow people safely leave Ukraine. So, mm, yeah, we we we'll we'll we'll. we'll, we'll uh, I suppose we'll watch this one this humanitarian corridor we'll keep an eye on it and what comes out of it and um, there's some mad shite on podcasts these days aren't you might say pod calling the kettle black well first of all this is a live radio show that later late, later on becomes a podcast It's a radio show first and foremost. But yeah, I hear you. Pot kettle, I hear you. Some mad stuff on podcasts. This one might take the cake, but it's good because it's given us something that we haven't had for some time. News from...
2: They sweep their mess under the carpet for our generation to clean up and solve.
1: How dare you! You have stolen my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction.
3: How dare you?
0: Yes, yes, we have Greta news. I've been dying to play that clip. Dying. (laughs) I don't think it's been given a spin, that clip, for about six months. Greta news. There is some Greta news. Would you like to hear the Greta news? I'm not playing the jingle again. Stop now. Apparently, Greta Thunberg, this, I'm making, I am not making it up now. Greta Thunberg is responsible for the war in Ukraine.
4: What kind of fuckery are you? Yeah,
0: she is, apparently, at least according to to one of Steve Bannon's closest colleagues in in the independent media. You know who Steve Bannon is, don't you? If you don't, look him up. Don't look at me. Look him up, Donald Trump. Anyway, he used to advise Trump, did Bannon. These days, he's got a political show on, on podcasts called War Room. And he's got an international editor, a guy called Ben Harnwell. Ben soundsy. I've never heard of this guy, but then he's probably never heard of me either. So we're all square. Uh, ben, the international editor of Steve Bannon's War Room, said that there was a causal link between Greta's activism and Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine last week. File this one under... What kind of fuckery is this? There's a direct causal link, a direct
5: causal link between... Greta Thunberg at the at the UN podium with with the tears down her, her cheeks, saying, How dare you? between that and all the the damage she's been doing throughout Europe and the world, pushing for, for climate fanaticism and and um Vladimir Putin's dominance and being able to invade uh Ukraine last week. A direct causal link. <laughs>
0: Now, you might say, Richie, ah, you cut that a bit soon. Surely he goes on to explain it. He doesn't, actually. Not in the audio I've heard. Bannon just moves on. There's a direct causal link between Greta's activism and the invasion of Ukraine, according to Steve Bannon's international editor. (laughs) He's got ideas above his station, doesn't he? Steve Bannon giving people ridiculous titles. Just just a bloke in London, basically. Let's call him the international editor of the show. It's just bullshit, but anyway, you know. It's like calling a binman a waste management technician, isn't it, really? It's along those lines anyway. Wowzers. I bet you Ben Harnwell has to whip out his tallywhacker to count 211, and even then, he probably loses count. Shall before we get into... the news... Before we get into the news, dear listener, I think we should have a tune. What do you think? Kind of doesn't matter what you think. All that matters is what I think. Only because I'm here in BBG Towers, the boy. That is Richie Allen. This is Odyssey. Back with the news. Odyssey and native New Yorker on the Richie Allen Show. It's just gone quarter past five. Welcome to your program, I don't know whether to be annoyed or to take it as a compliment, but as has been pointed out to me by by my Western Ireland correspondent, Jean-Anne Crowley, my Western Ireland correspondent, there's been a number of people getting on the website recently to compliment the sound of the Richie Allen radio show. That I don't know whether to be, to be offended by that or to take it as a compliment. A, a many times do I have to tell you? The Richie Allen show, at least production-wise... Is BBC in all but name? What do you think in the last seven and a half years I have been using the support for the programme to do? What do you think? Do you think I've been flying off on jollies all around the world like Ken (laughs) O'Keefe? Do you? Do you think I've been living it up? Do you think I drive a Mercedes automobile? Uh, No, I don't. I've been spending it on the programme. I'm using a microphone at the moment. You will find it. BBC Studios in Salford and in London. It's exorbitantly expensive. Everything has gone back into the programme. Thanks for the compliments about the sound, seven and a half years later. But if it wasn't good now, well, anywho, thank you, I suppose. Yes, it's BBC in all but name. I've put pictures of it once or twice out on social media so you can see it. It's, uh, just to bore you, it's something I've told you 76 times in the past, at least 76, when I first met my old pal and your old pal, uh, David Icke, I said to him, the independent media must mirror the production values of the legacy or mainstream media, because if it doesn't, people won't pay attention to it. That was always the thing, going way back when. Of course, when this programme started in September 2014, there was little or no money. So it was very rudimentary. I had a road microphone, but it was a boom mic, believe it or not, put together by Paul Ripley on a tiny budget. I had a Behringer mixing desk, and I had an Apple iMac PC that David had given me, David Ike, He'd been given it in London. And he said to me, you have it now, Rich, and uh, you know, you're off the ground. And I've never been a diva. Now, my friends and my better half will tell you, I've got plenty of faults. But I've never been a diva. So I was delighted just to be off the ground. But what I've done over the last seven and a half years is, and I've, I've stopped because I don't need to do it anymore, is that when there was money available, I upgraded and upgraded and upgraded. jean Ann worked for RTE the Irish national broadcaster. And in recent years, some of her old broadcasting pals have listened to this while visiting her and have been stunned by the sound of it and refused to believe that it could be a spare room, a purpose-built studio in an old council house in Salford. They can't believe it. But it's possible with the know-how and with the support. That's what the support has been Spent on. It's this studio. So there you are now. Right, shut up and get on with the news, you big baldy All Alright, I will. I will. Okey-doke, is what I say. I say okey-doke. War crimes, war crimes, war crimes. Putin is a war criminal, war criminal. It's obvious to me that every news outlet in the country got the same talking points memo today was everywhere. Vlad, the impaler, must be tried for war crimes. Now that's a bit premature, isn't it? Am I saying that the Russian military isn't committing war crimes? Well, they obviously are. I think war crimes is a bit of, not an oxymoron. How would you describe it, Jean-Anne Crowley, whose command of English is far, far superior to mine? What is it? I mean, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Everything that's done on a battlefield is, by definition, a crime. Pulling the trigger on some poor bastard across a field who you've never met, who never did you any harm, is a crime. And it would equally be a crime if he or she pulled the trigger on you. So I don't know how you describe that. Is it a paradox? I've no idea. But it's crazy to say war crimes. The act of firing on anyone is a crime unless, of course, it's in self-defence and you've got no other choice, as I'm sure my American friends are screaming at their radios now because they love their guns in America, don't they? They love their guns from my cold, dead hands. They love their guns over there you nutcases. But I love you anyway. So that was everywhere today. Vlad must be tried for war crimes. He's a bad bastard. Bad to the bone. So at Prime Minister's questions today, Scottish National Party, Westminster leader, a guy called Ian Blackford, wanted to raise the spectre, the possibility of getting Vladimir Putin to the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Good luck with that one. With every passing hour, the world is witnessing the
5: horrors of Putin's war in Ukraine. In Kherson, a family of five, a mother, her parents, her six-year-old daughter and her baby son were murdered in cold blood by Russian troops. In the same city, a 12-year-old boy watched his mother die as he desperately attempted to save her from the rubble of her own home. These are war crimes happening in Europe right now. Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. And one day soon, Putin must face justice in The Hague. Mm-hmm. Mr. Speaker, to prosecute Putin and his regime, the full range of war crime charges need to be used, including the crime of aggression by a state. Mm-hmm. But the UK has always refused to sign up to the prosecution of this crime in international law. Surely, with Putin's crime of aggression in plain and horrific sight in Ukraine, now is the time to drop that opposition. Will the Prime Minister meet with me to discuss this and will he amend the UK War Crimes Act and will he support the ICC prosecution for Putin for his crimes of aggression
3: against the people yeah. of Ukraine? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Over to the Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Mr Speaker, I'm in principle, of course, happy to uh, meet the, the Royal at, 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 at any stage, but I can tell him that uh, what we have seen already uh, from Vladimir Putin's regime in the use of the munitions that they have already been uh, been dropping on on innocent civilians, uh, Mr Speaker, uh, in my view, already fully qualifies as, as as a war crime. And I know that the uh, that the ICC prosecutor is already investigating, and I'm sure the whole House uh, will support that. Yeah, OK. We'll come to whether
0: or not the United Kingdom's government will amend the War Crimes Act in a moment. It obviously won't, for obvious reasons. But it's a bit rich of Nicholas Sturgeon's whipping boy in Westminster, Ian Blackford, to talk about war crimes, isn't it? Weren't the people of Scotland subjected to that rotten, wretched little wench Nicholas Sturgeon every day on television for two years? Radiation sickness, anyone? The poison dwarf? Isn't that a war crime to inflict that Psychological torture on the people of a country. That little troll every day going on television, telling people who they could and couldn't see and where they could and couldn't go. Give me a break. I'm only barely jesting here. Disgusting. Disgusting, Nicholas Sturgeon. Uh, this, this, disgusting. Uh, the cure for sex addiction, if ever there was one. I'd have sorted Michael Douglas out years ago. Michael, any time you think about having sex, just have a look at the state of that. Just look at it. Misogyny, is it? I couldn't give a shit, dear listener. That's the beauty of having your own radio station. I can say whatever I want until the day comes that I can't say whatever I want. But until then, rotten, horrible woman. Anyway. Yes. Do you speak with with the same venom about men? I do. Listen, War Crimes Act. Will the UK government amend it so that the UK government can support the arrest, detention, and and extradition to to The Hague of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Of course, the UK government will never do that. Why? Why? Are you stupid? Why? Why, David, Cameron, Libya, anyone? Tony Blair, Afghanistan, Iraq, anyone? Anyone? Theresa May and Boris Johnson. Wasn't it sickening today? I don't know if you saw this, but I did write about it on my website. Sickening to see Members of Parliament on every side of the House today wearing blue and yellow To stand with the people of Ukraine. Some of them even had blue and yellow ties. Most of them had blue and yellow ribbons pinned to their lapels to demonstrate their support for Ukraine. What a bunch of spineless, disgusting, virtue-signalling muppets. Hypocrites, every single one of them. And at PMQs today, they all stood up. Well, they didn't all stand up, but the ones who were called stood up. The hyperbole permeated. Every corner of the room, the hyperbole—it was sickening. Really, Putin is a monster. He's barbaric. He's murdering women and children. We've heard that before, haven't we? Over the years, now maybe he is. I don't know. He's a proper bastard. But all war is a crime, as my pal in Cleggan just told me. It's all a crime, no matter who does it and where they do it. And as there screaming their abuse at Putin's government, who, of course, will be oblivious to what's being said about them in Westminster. Um, The Saudis or Saudi Arabia, the United, United Arab Emirates, supporting Saudi Arabia and others, are still murdering women, children and men in Yemen. It's been going on since 2015 using weaponry given to Saudi Arabia and the UAE by the United Kingdom. Licences authorised by Boris Johnson, and his not so pal, Theresa May and David Cameron. And I've said this too many times. I'm boring myself to tears. If, dear listener, I had access to a gun or a bowie knife, and I gave it to a psychopath, knowing full well that said psychopath hated with every bone in his body a little old woman across the road. When said psychopath does the inevitable and shoots or stabs the old woman to death, I am as culpable as he is in the eyes of the law. That's a fact. I am as culpable, I would say, more culpable. We've been sending we, not not we, this government, not just to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, but to every corner of the earth, giving those weapons to despots, knowing those weapons would be used to destroy people who never said boo to a goose in their life. How could those bastards stand there today with their ribbons on? With with, with their standing ovation for the Ukraine ambassador to the UK? Did you see that? The Ukrainian ambassador was in the gallery They all stood up like muppets applauding the the person, the man. I think it's a man. Couldn't give a shite what his name is or her name is. Well, that's going on in Yemen. Tomahawk missile. No, no. Typhoon aircraft. Tornado aircraft. Paveway bombs. Storm shadow missiles rained down on Yemeni folks. Some of the most, uh, I suppose, the, the most inoffensive people on planet Earth. Destroyed. The United Nations reckons twenty thousand, but it's probably a lot more. How much did the UK did how much did Johnson's whoring himself out and Theresa May and David Cameron, how much money did it bring in for the arms manufacturers? About twenty billion pounds. twenty thousand dead at least. Does it make him complicit in it? You're damn right, it makes him guilty of it. Let's stay with the propaganda for a moment on the media today. This from Fox News. I knew it. I knew that even though Vladimir Putin himself is no anti-Zionist at all, as was pointed out on this programme last night by the excellent Gerardo Colmón, Putin has been very buddy-buddy with Israel over the years. So, no anti-Zionist is Vlad, right? But I knew... That in all the propaganda against Russia, somebody would bring a bit of anti Semitism into it. And it happened. Here's Fox News breakfast this morning. Feast your ears. A
6: grisly symbol of Putin's desire to wipe Ukraine off the map. His army is targeting cultural sites. And in a sick twist, after the Russian leader spoke of denazifying Ukraine, the Russian military bombed the Holocaust Memorial in Kyiv. It
0: bombed the Holocaust Memorial in Kyiv.
6: A reminder that nothing is off limits.
0: Nothing is off limits. I tell you what, he, he might have killed all of those kids in that apartment building. Jesus, ha 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 ha! He bombed the Holocaust Memorial! Burn him!
6: Here is the moment that President Zelensky, who is Jewish, was told by his chief of staff the memorial known as Babignar was bombed. President, I'd like to inform that now it's bombing Babi Now Babi Yar? now it's bombing. Babi Yes. the memorial? Yes. That
5: is Russia. My congratulations.
0: My congratulations, he said. My congratulations.
6: US defence officials are watching the slow progress of the 40-mile convoy coming to Kiev.
0: It's very slow, that 40-kilometre or 40-mile convoy. We can't yet get an accurate measurement. I don't understand why. But it's just not really getting towards Kiev or Kiev. Do you have any idea why that is? Would you like to share it with me, your thoughts? Share your thoughts with me, richieallen.co.uk Now that Holocaust memorial uh, attack that's got to be a false flag right? Hasn't it? Or am I being a bit cheeky there? It's 29 minutes to the top of the hour. We have another half hour of news to come. I've got so much to tell you. And I'll be reading your comments after this from Bruce. Bruce is an awful old bastard, isn't he? Asking his his, his fans to pr- provide vaccine certificates. Asher, sure he knows no better. Spring is here. This is Waiting on a Sunny Day from The Boss from The Rising Album. Good to be with you this Wednesday. Back in a moment. Waiting on a sunny day that's much beloved by some of Bruce's fans' children. Some of the fans, they bring their kids to the gigs and the kids know the lyrics to that. And they often hand the children up on stage and they get a microphone and they sing along with Bruce. It's a lovely thing. Time is 25 minutes to the top of the air. Gaz says, when do we start clapping for Ukraine? Indeed. Seamus says, war lobbyists standing by with envy as their mates in the pharma industries have been winning the lobby game which is the battle for government funding, thus get NATO to use up all the outdated shite arms they've been sat on for years so that they can upgrade via our tax government handouts. It's an interesting comment, Seamus. You can be sure. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, you can be sure. Well, we know because they've said it, the, the spending is going to be, well, unprecedented on arms in the coming uh, months, let alone the coming years. Faisal, good evening, he says. Richie, that's an even more obvious indication of a false flag attack. Why would Russia bomb a Holocaust memorial? I'm with you, Faisal. For balance, not that it matters, but we we have to try for balance. It could have been an accident. But uh, I'm suspicious too. I am suspicious. Rich says I'm confused. They were at the gates of Kiev on the second day. Obviously, they haven't moved, so there must be some sort of tactics in there. Or am I stupid? You're far from stupid, Rich. It's a good question. What is going on? Why has the advance slowed? Why was Russia stupid enough to have a think sing- to have a Congo? Black lace was it? Conga, not Congo. Conga, Jesus! Congo is a country. I just figured that out. It's the conga. Do do do, come on and do the conga. I was in Benalmadena in 1982, with my family in the Alley Apartments in Benalmadena. Irish people, especially Irish people from Dublin, they just refused. I think they knew how to pronounce the names of the Spanish seaside towns, but they just. Pronounced them incorrectly just to take the piss. So where are you going, Benel Medina? It's not Benel Medina, it's Benel Madina, Torremolinos. So Benel Madina went to the LA apartments, 1982, and all of that music was playing at the discos in the evenings. Fantastic, Black Lace, the Conga, people getting into conga lines. Remember those days? God be with the days, which we were back there sometimes. Hi, Vicky. She says, Holly Rude has no right to speak about crimes against people. We've had to live through cranky's tyranny for two years. Yes, Vicky. She says, these pedo promoters are asking kids in school to fill in a sex survey asking about their sexual proclivities. For example, if they engage in anal sex. Are they, Vicky? I, I, I might have read something. Take a look at what Sweeney has brought in for the national curriculum. It's promoting watching pornography as a good thing. Vicky says she's sick to the gunnels. She's sick to the gunnels. Hi to Kaz, who says few us Muslims are off the agenda for... Oh, wait, no, embroiled. (laughs) Thanks, Kaz, nice to hear from you. I knew there was a Muslim listener. I knew. You're very welcome to this parish, sir. Hi to Paul, who says you think the last two years would be enough for most people to reject any propaganda being spoon-fed to them by mainstream media, wouldn't you? But no, says Paul, no questions asked, just to see if yellow and blue frames on Facebook profile pictures. Yes, people are sheep, we know that. Thanks, Paul. He says, I loved listening to Garodo Colmón last night. A good guy is Garode. Indeed. I to Chris, who says, Israel launched missile attacks on Syria a few days back, says, Chris... And uh, then you mention a woman who reported it, Chris, and I can't mention her name because she's not a journalist and she is a purveyor of the finest fake news, is that woman, who uh, I exposed a few years ago for telling lots of lies about meeting Bashar al-Assad and and stuff, so I can't mention that because it just wouldn't be right. I discontinued her coming on this programme, she told so many porkies. Uh, Brambo says, What gets me is how quickly the virtue-signalling merch appears. It's as if the manufacturers had a heads-up weeks ago. That's a shrewd observation. Uh, Patricia in Zurich. Hi, Patricia. While the world is focused on Ukraine, Israelis are murdering Palestinians as usual. Indeed. Oh, while the US sends Israel about $13 million a day all of these Western countries are hypocrites and disgusting, in my opinion, says Patricia. I endorse that. Of course I agree with that, no doubt about it. In my article today about Yemen, of course I could have thrown in what Israel is doing in Palestine. Um, but I, I, I bash Israel pretty much morning, noon and night. It was a point I didn't feel I needed to make, but you've made it, Patricia. Thank you very much. Yes, and of course the UK government is equally complicit in the crimes against humanity perpetrated by the Israeli government against uh, the indigenous people of Palestine. The only people with a real history in the region. Yes, absolutely. Adrian says, that's a 37-year-old sex addiction cured instantaneously. That's Jimmy Cranky, Nicholas Sturgeon. That is the level... And I'm aware of it. It's pretty terrible and childish to be making reference to somebody's countenance, to someone's appearance. But look! That's what they've driven us to. It's 19 minutes to the top of the hour. Thanks for your comments. Keep them coming in. I'm Richie Allen. Indeed I am. McCarthyism is back. And it's back for good. Spoke about this the other day. Bloody mouse is not moving for me. Uh, Keir Starmer. That's the Labour Party leader. When it was his turn at Prime Minister's questions today, just reminded us that McCarthyism is back. Witch hunts are back. Going after people, people's property, people's possessions, by accusing them of being a supporter of something without providing any proof they are a supporter of the thing you accuse them of supporting.
4: Yeah, making it a bit complicated. Here's Starmer at PMQs. Mr. Speaker, Roman Abramovich is the owner of Chelsea Football Club and various other high-value assets in the United Kingdom. He's a person of interest to the Home Office because of his links to the Russian state and his public association with corrupt activity and practices. Last week, the Prime Minister said that Abramovich is facing sanctions. He later corrected the record to say that he isn't. Well, why on earth isn't he? Uh, Mr Speaker,
3: it's not appropriate for me to comment on individual uh, cases at this stage. Uh, But but what I can say, uh, and and, and I I stand, Mr Speaker, by what I've uh, said in the House and uh, and what we've put on the record, Uh, but be in no doubt that the actions that we've already taken, that this House has already taken, are having an effect in, in Moscow, and by exposing the ownership of properties, of of companies in the way that we are. Uh, By sanctioning uh, 275 uh, individuals, already a further 100 uh, last week, uh, the the impact is being felt. And what we will uh, publish in addition, uh, Mr Speaker, is a full list of all those associated uh, with the Putin uh, regime. Associated with? ...regime. Uh, of course, we have already announced sanctions on Putin and Lavrov uh, themselves. Uh, I can tell the House that the, uh, they will have heard what uh, the President of the United States had to say last night. Uh, the vice is tightening on the Putin regime and it will continue to tighten.
2: What did the President of the United States have to say last night? Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but it'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. The who now? He'll never gain the hearts and souls of who now? Souls of the Iranian people. The Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom.
0: He'll never extinguish their love of freedom.
2: And he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world.
0: Yeah, the lights are on, but nobody's home. When it comes to Joe Biden, the U.S. president, there, there was actually a little clip on on social media of Kamala Harris, his number two, if you believe that, sitting behind him mouthing Iranian. Did that dipstick say Iranian? He certainly did. So we're going after people, says Boris Johnson, going after associates. Okay, I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Starmer, Keir Starmer, then wanted to talk about
4: Putin's cronies in London. Prime Minister refers to the long overdue economic crime bill, which to be clear we support and will vote through on Monday with speed. The key plank to that bill is a register of who truly owns property in the United Kingdom. But it does not come into force for existing owners like Shivalov until 18 months after the bill passes. (laughs) At best, that is autumn 2023, far too long for the Ukrainian people. Why are we giving Putin's cronies 18 months? To quietly launder their money out of UK property market and into another safe haven. Mr. Speaker, the impact of
3: what the UK is doing, uh, and and the impact of the, and I think the whole House should be proud of what we have done because we have we have led the way on this. We led the way on Swift. We led the way on Aeroflot. We led the way on freezing the assets of banks. And and, and if you he asked about the speed of results. Mr. Speaker. I can tell him that on Thursday, the Russian stock market fell by $250 billion worth of assets that were wiped off. Uh, the, ruble, uh, fe- the ruble fell by about 40%. We're now in the third day, Mr. Speaker, in which the Russian stock market has not been able to open. That is thanks to the package of global sanctions, a uh, Western sanctions, that the UK has led in uh, enforcing on the mm. Putin regime. And I think uh, he should acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, there was a bit of parliamentary privilege used by Keir Starmer there mentioning one or two people, you see. MPs have the luxury of saying whatever they like in Parliament, in the House of Commons, without fear of being sued for libel. So what you're witnessing there is, is targeting of wealthy individuals from Russia, men and women who own property in the UK who might have money in UK banks, they might have other assets in the country, accusing those people of being cronies of Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, accusing them of associating themselves with him and stealing from them. Because the gangsters that pull the strings of Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer have told Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson, we want the assets of these people. We want their London houses. We want their country homes. We want their football clubs. We want their bank accounts. So you go and get them. This is as bad as it gets. Look, it's not the first time they've done it to Maduro's government in Venezuela and others. We'll take your property. We will accuse you of supporting, either morally supporting, what Vladimir Putin's government is doing in Ukraine. Or providing some sort of material support for it. What we'll never do is we'll never offer any proof. What the media in the UK will never do is seek any proof. And a precedent has been set and is being set here. This is absolute gangsterism. You are Russian. We say you're an ally of Vladimir Putin's. You might have never met the man. We're taking your stuff. We're freezing your assets. We're stealing your land and your property. How do you like them apples? Crime a river. There's nothing you can do about it. And I think, dear listener, you know, we should pay very close attention to that. Because in the very near future, it won't be billionaires from Russia or billionaires from South America or billionaires from some other country that's under the jackboot of, of uh, the, the Great Reset. It'll be ordinary individuals like me, you and me, ordinary people, that they'll freeze your bank account. They'll take your property away from you because they'll accuse you, maybe not next year or the year after, they'll accuse you of having associations with anti-vaxxers and climate deniers and stuff like that. Don't laugh, don't say, it's a real stretch that, Baldy. It isn't. Oh, it isn't a real stretch at all. You uh, have been associating with known anti-vaxxers and climate deniers. They're your cronies. You might need to freeze your assets for a bit. Just freeze your assets. I was going to kick off the programme with this, but I saved it for now. t which uh, used to be known as Russia Today, it is Russia Today, it's basically gone from British television screens as of around lunchtime today. So if you are a Sky subscriber, as I am, you would have found RT on five one one. It's gone. It's gone from freeview as well. It's uh, gone. They just kicked it off. Amazing. Uh I mean, what can I say? Let me read a couple of emails. Peter says, "Richie, I saw your article regarding RT being removed from the UK, YouTube, and legacy media platforms." I know RT is really just a watered down version of alternative media broadcast on the mainstream. It's very good, summing up, by the way. He says, but it goes to show just how far these tyrants are going and will go uh, even further, no doubt. And I just checked the sky uh, at the moment and it's completely vanished. Yes, that's Peter in damp and drizzly Suffolk. Gone. T, Television. An international news channel with bureaus in lots of different countries around the world. Peter summed it up. Mainstream light mainstream light. It um, covered some issues to its credit pre-COVID that would never be covered by the legacy media. It You got a different picture on Syria. You got a different picture uh, of course on Libya back in 2011. And it had some good programs on there. I know a lot of people who listen to this over the years would have checked in with Max Kaiser for example and others. Uh, just gone. Gone. Now, I don't. Ofcom hasn't withdrawn the license. Ofcom, by the way, regulates the broadcast media here in the UK. Ofcom didn't take its license away. The network providers, pressurized by Nadine Dorries, by a politician, the Culture Secretary, decided to preempt any decision by Ofcom and to boot RT off the. Uh, terrestrial airwaves I can't tell you how disgusting, how tyrannical how sickening and how sinister that is, but but then I know I'm preaching to the converted, there isn't any need for me to tell you interestingly enough, Paul Craig Roberts, who will be on the programme with me soon enough, has uh, guested for RT in the United States and in Europe on many an occasion a very learned man is Paul That's why RT was good, you see. He wanted to hear Paul Craig Roberts and and people like Ray McGovern, former CIA agent. These people have had great experience of of how governments work. And uh, they're not allowed on the mainstream media. But RT would give them a plan. Of course it suited RT, because these guys were agreeing with, you know, a specific... Geopolitical point they were agreeing with Russia. Fair enough, they were honestly agreeing with Russia on Syria and whatnot, but it's gone now. And I mentioned this today about the deafening silence from the media here. Not a peep from the from the Times, from the telegraph, from the Daily Mail. Not a peep now. Are they reporting it? Yeah. But is there any outrage? You would imagine you would be able to hear the outrage from planet Pluto, wouldn't you? Journalists coming out to defend other journalists and to say this is outrageous. Self-preservation being the most, I suppose, obvious motivation for these journalists. Because if they do it to RT, they do it to me. Talk radio, you would have thought, might have had something to say. That's a national radio station here with presenters like Julia Hartley Brewer and Ian Collins and let's be fair during the scam Talk Radio did bring on some scientists and some doctors who said lockdown was a load of bollocks and it was dangerous. They brought on former judges, Supreme Court judges to say that lockdowns were tyrannical and they were against the law and recently they have allowed some discussion about the safety of the jabs. Fair play to talk radio. Yes, it's mainstream light, of course. You would think the talk radio would look at the demise of RT and think, holy shit, that could be us. Imagine! Well, the next time they spring a scam demic on us. Do you think it's impossible? Do you think it's highly unlikely that someone says... I think we should pull the license of talk radio because they're a, a threat to public health. We want people to take three jabs and nine boosters to defeat this new scamdemic. The last thing we want is talk radio saying it shouldn't happen. It's tyranny. I thought someone at talk radio today would have had something to say about it, but not a whisper, dear listener. Not so much as a bloody peep. Let's hear a little bit of comment. The Jeremy Vine show on Channel 5. It's a television magazine show focusing on tabloid news issues. It discussed the demise of RT this morning on, at least on British television. And it had two so-called journalists opining. One of them is a woman called Dawn Neeson. She looks like Yaz from Yaz and the Plastic Population. The only way is down. And a guy called Henry Bonsu. Two journalists. They should be outraged that RT is being kicked, shouldn't they? Are they? It's got a very, very small
1: audience over here. So the fact that we're making so much fuss over it, it's slightly just drawing more attention to it. Because most people wouldn't even know where to find it on no. their TV. So Would it you is drawing more attention.
4: Are you bothered by having it on TV?
1: Or? um my thing is, right, I don't like I don't like censoring anything. As a journalist, it sort of goes against the grain a bit.
0: It sort of goes against the grain a bit, you mad cow. As a journalist, it's about the worst fucking thing that can possibly happen. Politicians conspiring to destroy a news organization, the very thing that exists to at least, you know, in theory, hold them to account. Are you mad?
1: And if we take RT off over here, which is full of propaganda, as we know.
0: as we know and and what the BBC isn't,
1: then are the Russians going to react by taking the BBC, yeah. the World Service, off in Russia, which stops Russians getting at least a little bit of a balance view? <laughs> if you
0: do, Wow. If we take RT off here, the Russians might take BBC off over there. That'll be a problem because the BBC in Russia at least gives them a little bit of a balanced view.
1: Do you watch the Russian channels that are all state-owned actually out there, I mean, the propaganda is is ridiculous. I mean, some of the things they're coming out with, and the Russians are just getting that. They're not getting a balance. So a bit torn on this one as to whether we should or not. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think?
3: Well, the thing thing is, we haven't actually banned it. I mean, Ofcom was going to look at 15 potential breaches Mm. of its uh, code but um, it receives its stream from a satellite operator based in Luxembourg and that's why it comes under the EU purview and it's the EU that have made the decision. So even though we're not in it, we're still affected mm. by and it. And do you think it's
4: right that we it, it is taken off the air?
3: Well, there's certainly a strong argument for it.
0: No, there isn't. Again, this is a the journalist. There's a strong argument for it, says the says the journalist. It's It's the only news organisation in the West that's giving... The Russian perspective, even if the Russian perspective is bollocks, and I don't know if it is or if it isn't, but but let's just say it is, people people should still hear it, right? I mean, they're not getting it on, on, on BBC, ITV, Channel 4, ITN, Channel 5 News, so the least they could do is just let little old RT at least put the other side of it. This guy says there's a strong argument to get rid of it. Even though uh, there'd be retaliatory action against the BBC, um, the big question is how do you balance it? I probably would err on the side of allowing it to stay, given that it's got a tiny audience Mm. and that Uh. it's more important for
3: the Russians to see the BBC and other channels.
0: (laughs) I'd leave it stay because there's a tiny audience and if, if it means the Russians get to watch the BBC. Mother of Divine. Jesus. Thank you, Spiro Skouras. He sent me a screen grab there from the UN General Assembly. Thanks, mate. This is important to mention, even if it's unsurprising. The United Nations General Assembly has approved a resolution demanding that Russia stops the war in Ukraine and withdraws all troops. Voting in favour, 141 countries against 5. Probably guess who the five are. And 35 abstain. Thank you, Spiro. You the man. Spiro Scouras. Over there in Arizona. Uh, hi to Christine Walsh, by the way. Good friend of ours. Hi, Christine. She says, Richie, the war crimes analogy at the top of the programme makes me laugh. Just look at the British government's atrocities in different countries, notwithstanding my own little area in Northern Ireland. the Murphy 6, Bloody Sunday. Two of the bigger ones ever, really. Um, Yeah, she's right. War is terrible. But the people behind these wars couldn't care about us poor people. It's Christine Limavady. Thanks, Christine. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon. Hi to Brian in Kildare. Hi, Brian. Thanks for the link, my pal. I'll take a look at that uh, as soon as I get a chance. In the meantime, before I move on, it's time for an absolute classic on The Richie Allen Show. Oh, yeah. It's the BBG, not the BBC. Shaz and Dave, there ain't no pleasing you. On the Richie Allen Show, three and a half minutes past six o'clock it is. It is Wednesday's edition of the most listened to independent news radio show in the world. Thank you so much for listening to it. And thank you, as always, so much for supporting it.
1: Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk.
0: And Paul Craig Roberts will be with us momentarily, just in a few minutes' time. Thanks for the comments thank you for the comments. Uh, they're legion today. Thank you. Uh, you will like to know, you, you you might like to know, it's been three months, which is a bit strange, but uh, Gerald Salente will be live on the programme tomorrow from Kingston, New York. Kingston, New York. Uh, Gerald, the top man. The Trends uh, Journal, of course. TrendsJournal.com. Check it out if you haven't before. Great guy is he, and he's on tomorrow. So there you are now telling you i'm telling you what else was there for me to tell you i could have done no fly zone ben wallace no i won't do that no i gave you the biden thing didn't i i was going to use that in a different section of the show it is funny though.
2: Putin may circle kiev with tanks but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the iranian people never he'll never he'll never extinguish their love of freedom and he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world. There
0: you are. Did you hear, I mean, did you see any of the State of the Union address by Joseph Biden last evening? Did you? Of course you didn't. It's a load of bollocks, isn't it? But um, I love the way they finish these things. The jingoistic jargon to close out these bullshit speeches. Listen to Biden get himself into a bit of a lather. He uh, almost gets sexually excited here. Listen to him concluding concluding his address last evening.
2: So on this night on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the state of the nation, the state of the union. Fucked up there again, didn't he? And my report is this the state of the union is strong because you, the American people are strong. Yes! We are stronger today We are stronger today than we were a year ago
0: Stronger today than we were a year ago
2: and we'll be stronger a year from now.
0: Stronger a, near, a year from now, but we won't be as strong as we were three weeks last Wednesday.
2: Than we are today. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him.
0: Go get him. Go get him. America, fuck yeah. To the same motherfucking day, yeah. America,
3: fuck yeah. Freedom is the only
0: way, yeah. Freedom is the only way, America. Joseph Biden, their State of the Union address last night, talking about the Iranians. The Iranians were like, what, what? Here's an interesting little s- clip from a guy called Jeffrey Zeentz. Jeffrey Zeentz. That's Z-I-E-N-T-S. He's the White House COVID response coordinator. Another one of those ridiculous titles. (laughs) I'm a waste management technician. That's what I am. Yes. Wow. Uh, So this guy was on ABC News. Well, I robbed the clip from ABC News earlier. Talking about Joe Biden's new plan to deal with COVID.
2: And there's one interesting line in there. First, protect against and treat covid Second, prepare for any new variants. Third, prevent economic and school shutdowns. Fourth, vaccinate the world and save lives.
0: Vaccinate the world.
2: The president's national COVID-19 preparedness plan that we're releasing today will help us move forward safely.
0: The national COVID-19 preparedness plan. It's a bit late for that, isn't it? Assuming that COVID is a real thing. And I know some of you don't believe it is, and I respect your right to believe that, assuming that it is a real thing, and I I think it probably is. It's a bit late now to be putting preparedness plans, but that line, that line, vaccinate the world. Don't think or imagine that passports with your vaccine status contained within are gone away because they're not, I don't believe. This is my opinion now. This is conjecture. It is, in fact... All of this stuff is coming back with a bang. I really do believe that. It's the Eye of the Storm thing. Mention that. If you ever get a chance, read a book by Sebastian Junger called The Perfect Storm. They based uh, the film The Perfect Storm on the book with George Clooney and the absolutely gorgeous Diane Lane. So where Nicholas Sturgeon is a cure for sex addiction... Diane Lane is a cure for impotence. Right? One of the most beautiful women of all time. And a great actress uh, to boot. Can't remember who else. John C. McGinley was in it. The Perfect Storm. The true story of how some sword fishermen went to sea and never came back. I visited the crow's nest myself. Would you believe that? Would you? Would you? Would you? In 2002. The actual pub where the guys in Gloucester, in Massachusetts, where the guys used to drink. I went to see the pub. It's uh, The book is an amazing read. It's actually a very claustrophobic read. It's horrible. Because Younger imagines what these guys would have went through in one of the, not one of, the worst storm in US maritime history, isn't it? Three storm fronts converged into one. And it was horrible. But yeah, when you're in the eye of the storm on a boat, and a captain told me this many years ago in Dunmore East, it feels like it's calmed down a bit. That's when you shit yourself. Because you've got a few minutes where the wind dies down a bit. You think, yeah, maybe. Might just get out of this. But no, you're in the middle of it. It's centering right above you. And then bang. And I don't want to depress you, dear listener. I do attempt to amuse you on this programme, to keep it light-hearted. I don't always achieve that aim. But I do my best, right? But I do think we have to be prepared. I think it's all coming back in spades. Maybe not even this coming winter. Maybe next year. Or maybe this year. I don't know. It's 11 minutes past the hour. Uh, The great Paul Craig Roberts will be joining me in a moment. He's got a lot to say about what's going on in Eastern Europe. He's got a lot to say. I know you've got a lot to say too, so let's have a look at your comments now. Did a good job today, didn't I? I don't always go to the comments as often as I should, but that's because of time constraints, but I'm there today. Susie says, Richie, I commented the other day that there are US bioweapons labs all over Ukraine and Putin is destroying them, which is good for humanity. Susie, how do you know this? Please let me know. Uh, don't be offended, Susie. I'm not challenging you. I'm not well I am challenging you, I'm not I'm not telling you I don't believe you. But um, give us a give us a a bit of evidence. Uh, this is multi-layered. She says we are only being fed lies by the Kazarian globalists, who are using Ukraine as a cash cow for organ harvesting, human trafficking, money laundering, and God knows what else. Thanks for the comments, Susie. Joan says, Richie, somebody take Joe back to the home. That's that's Joe Biden. God protect the troops like any one of them actually cares about the troops they have murdered over the years, says Joan. Craig says, is that canned laughter at the State of the Union address? Because I didn't think Biden was that popular. Might be, uh, Craig, I don't know. The camera angle I had was squarely focused on the man himself. Kaz, thanks for your long message there. I'll read that a bit later on and I'll get into it, mate. Thank you. Darren says, the latest from RT. RT claims 498 Russian military personnel has died on duty in Ukraine. That is a tragedy too, says Darren. Thanks, Darren. Colin says the Russians have become the new unvaccinated. Alice says, I think we can expect the Polygon event, that's power down, any day now and Russia will be blamed. Do you believe that, Alice? Will we see power outages and will they subsequently be blamed on Russia, you might be absolutely spot on, I don't know Wow Okay, it's time for a tune, is it? Or have we got Paul? No, we haven't got Paul quite yet It's time for one more tune this hour It's Katie Tunstall Katie Tunstall And suddenly I see through the bullshit of the BBC I'm the BBG 13 and a half minutes past the hour. Right, it's 16 minutes past six o'clock. That's uh, Salford time, the northwest of the UK. Uh, My guest now is uh, a friend of mine, a man I admire greatly. He's a terrific writer. He's an economist as well. You can find him at paulcraigroberts.org and you will know, of course, that at one time he was the US Assistant Secretary of the Treasury. It's lovely to welcome him back to the programme, our friend Paul Craig Roberts. Paul, you are very welcome. How are you?
6: Just fine, Richie. Thank you.
0: Now, uh, there's no better place to start than this, even though it's not good news. I've um, had the pleasure over the years of listening to you analyse various geopolitical events on RT or Russia today. Um, It's been kicked out of the UK, Paul. As of today, you can't access it on television, or on Satellite Dish, the UK broadcasters or the network providers, they have not even waited for the regulator to, to say that RT is a bad thing, which it isn't. They haven't waited for that. The network providers have kicked RT off the air here in the United Kingdom. Um, you've graced RT with your presence many times. How do you feel about that?
6: Well, the, uh, the Western Moral... Um has a narrative and everybody in the western world has to fit the narrative it comes of course from uh, from washington but uh, all of the european countries and and the U- and the uk they have to follow the line or bad things happen so there's a single narrative and what the uh, people who push this narrative they want to control the explanation there can't be any other uh, point of view, but the one that comes out of the CIA, the military security complex. So anyone who um, gives any kind of alternative information, they have to close down. Uh, they, they don't just do it to uh, uh, foreign broadcasters like RT or press TV. They do it to individuals. There are all sorts of individuals who have been uh, shut down. They're denied social media platforms. Um, uh, The authorities prevail on the payment systems like PayPal, for example, uh, not to uh, transact donations to them. So it's it's endless. So it's just part of the hypocrisy of the West. And it shows me, Richie, uh, the collapse of all Western values. There's to be uh, no free speech, no debate. There's not but one side, the official side. Any other side is uh, domestic terrorism or or treason or disinformation, that sort of thing. So when you you have the so-called free world, the so-called democracies controlling all explanations, you've already passed into tyranny.
0: Amazing hearing you say the collapse of Western values. There's a bit of irony there because one of the most repeated claims in recent days is the usual old chestnut. um, Putin and people like Putin hate our values. We stand together united by our shared values this crap we hear morning noon and night on our on our television and radio stations so it's interesting for you for me to hear you say that um, we're, we're we're seeing the collapse of these you know so-called western values let's let's talk about what's happened we, we can save loads of time my listeners want to hear you they don't want to hear me um i know that nato has expanded um Further and further east in the last three decades. I know it had promised President Gorbachev it wouldn't do that. I know that the wars and the tyrannies of the last 30 years alone were 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 perpetrated by what 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 Kevin Barrett has called the Anglo-Zionist Empire. I agree with all of that. I agree that Putin has been morally right, and um, for a long time. What I don't like, though, Paul, because I'm an Irish guy and I know what it's like to be under. The jackboot, right? I don't like people rolling into other people's countries and firing upon buildings and cities. I could agree with Putin up to on every point, or I shouldn't say Putin. I should call him President Putin of the Russian Federation. I stop agreeing with him when it comes to rolling tanks into countries and uh, and firing upon people. Where where do you see this?
6: Well, I think that um, you're mistaken. Um, Putin said over and over and over, uh, let's solve this problem. Um, we, we can't uh, tolerate Ukraine being in NATO, and we can't tolerate any more uh, U.S. missile bases being on our borders. So let's solve this, let's solve this, let's have a mutual security agreement. And so that's what they've been trying to do. And uh, the West, uh, led by uh, Washington, turned a cold shoulder to him. And, Um, described his um, request that they negotiate some sort of mutual security pact, they described that as aggression. He's being aggressive. Blah, blah. So this whole invasion is entirely the fault of your government and mine. They are responsible. Now, Putin has not yet fired on civilians or cities. That's one reason the uh, conquest has not been completed. The Russian troops have been operating from the beginning under a strict rule that they cannot direct heavy fire into civilian areas. Well, that's where the neo-Nazi militias have ensconced themselves. They're inside civilian concentrations in the cities. And that's why the war's not over, because the Russians aren't allowed to use heavy weapons to wipe them out. So to get rid of them, if Putin can't negotiate an end to this, they'll have the Russians will have to have the casualties of the block by block, house-by-house house street fighting. Where they could very easily solve this in a few minutes, except that they are operating a, under a rule not to fire into civilian. Areas with heavy weapons. Now, so- just very,
0: just very quickly on that, just to point out the the Ukrainian president and his government. Now, I know the Ukrainian, the succession of Ukraine presidents post 2014 is illegitimate. I I know that, and I agree with you on that point. They're claiming that 2,000 civilians have died to date, and I put it back to you, my friend, that those 2000 people would would not be dead if he's telling the truth if the ukrainians are telling the truth those 2000 would still be alive if um president putin didn't roll into ukraine
6: well why do you why do you believe him? don't you rem- look i'm surprised i'm not saying i point. do
0: i've got to put that point to you that, that you know that's what we do
6: i'm surprised that uh, the media hasn't said that the russians are in the hospitals throwing uh, premature babies out of incubators and bayoneting children—that's uh, the usual kinds of propaganda that comes yeah. out of the West about everything. Um, you might remember that was our, that was our propaganda in uh, Iraq. That's right. We, we, nothing, nothing said by a Western government official is believable. Nothing said by the BBC, CNN, NPR, New York Times, any of these people is believable. They are operating on a narrative. There's one voice. They say the same thing. There's no difference. It's almost word for word. It's a script handed to them. Yeah. And so whatever they say is a lie, serving a propaganda agenda of the West, that is, washington's agenda
0: the bbc was caught out in syria wasn't it staging chemical attacks
6: it's caught out every day yeah every day everything it says it's caught out for people who are connected who can uh who know exactly what's going on who have sources of information anyone who has to rely on the western media is living in a fantasy world
0: Paul Craig Roberts is our guest. You should check out Paul at paulcraigroberts.org. Paul and others are writing about this uh, crisis and others there. And you're getting a perspective that sadly you don't get on commercial or national media anymore. It's uh, 25 minutes past the hour. Let me put this to you then. We agree that um, Russia has not been the aggressor in recent years. We we obviously agree on that. We agree that Syria would be absolutely wrecked. It would be in the Stone Age now if it wasn't for the intervention of the Russian president. And that was a good thing. I don't understand what he wants to achieve now, though. I don't. And you're going to help me out with that in a minute. But before you do, I don't understand why he thinks that even if he does clean out the the government in in Kiev, and if he takes control of other cities, I don't understand why he seems to think that he'll be welcomed as a liberator by 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 Ukrainians. I have it on fairly good authority that more than two thirds of existing Ukrainians, of people who live in Ukraine, they don't want to be part of uh, the Russian Federation. They don't want to have Vladimir Putin or anyone else as as, a, as their, their leader. So you're going to have insurgencies. Possibly, Paul, he's going to get mired into a dreadful situation that goes on and on and on for years. What do you think his, his, his end game is really here? Is he pushing as hard as he can to get some concessions from the West, you know, in terms of Ukraine not joining NATO? What, what do you think he's trying to achieve here?
6: Well, he's been quite uh, clear. Um, He is demilitarizing and denazifying Ukraine. He has no intention of keeping Ukraine. He doesn't want the country. It's nothing but problems. It's busted. Uh, In the western part uh, is the home of the neo-Nazi elements. He's simply removing any military capability of Ukraine, and he's going to catch those neo-Nazi elements and put them on war crime trials. He's going to hold another Nuremberg trial, and and they'll all be executed if he catches them. Uh, Right now, Ukraine doesn't have a government. There's not a Ukraine government, because the government doesn't control the country. It's it's, it's a government in exile, a government in fiction. So he is going to do exactly what he said. He's going to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Um, He's then going to uh, sit down with whoever a leader is going to be and says, okay, you can sign this. You you renounce uh, ever joining NATO. So that gets signed. He says, uh, you renounce all claims to the Donbass and Crimea, and that gets signed. And then he says, um, okay, uh, here's your country back. He's going to do the same thing he did when he conquered Georgia. You may have forgotten. Uh, a few years back, the, the Americans and the Israelis went in. They trained the Georgian army. They sent it in to invade South Ossetia. It was an independent republic. And the invasion force killed the Russian peacekeepers. So down uh, back from uh, Beijing Olympics at the time, not this year's, but the previous ones, it came Putin, the uh, Russian army, the Iranian, they destroyed the, Ukraine, or the uh, Georgian army in a couple of days and left. But there hasn't been any more trouble from Georgia. The same thing he's going to do in Ukraine. Now, so far, he's doing it with minimal force. He, there, he's only used 30% of the assembled invasion force. So, the vast majority, 70% of the Russian troops aren't even involved. And he's doing this very slowly and uh, very methodically so to minimize casualties. Now, I don't know why he's doing that. He's not going to get any credit for it. They're going to say he's killing babies and everything else anyhow. So I think in my own view, I'm much more, hard ass on this than you. I would have just gone in, cleaned it out as quick as I could. Whatever casualties. Because then that minimizes the chance for the idiots in the West to blunder into a wider war. Of course, all they've done is shoot their mouth off because they can't do anything because they're totally impotent. Try to imagine the UK fighting Russia or Germany or France or even the U.S., there's no possibility of it. They have, and they know it, and that's why there's no military intervention. They know they're impotent. Um,
0: they've talked. They've talked quite a bit.
6: hearing all their lies and accusations and sounding like they're going to do this, that, and the other, but they're not going to do anything because they can't.
0: Yeah, they've been talking quite a bit today here in the UK Parliament about war crimes and sending Putin to the Hague and the International Criminal Court. It's a lot of. Uh-huh. A lot of hot air, but I, I I will agree with that. So you yeah. think if you are right, then, and what the Russian president wants is to get rid of the what 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 he has called and you have called, uh, to, to, you know, the Nazis to denazify Ukraine and put a friendly government to Russia in there and then withdraw, um, so long as that government undertakes. Uh, you know, a promise or or gives a promise to not join NATO. You believe that the West will do nothing other than uh, bad mouth Putin because they can't. You don't see any possibility of no fly zones or proxy wars being fought in Ukraine. I mean, what's, what's to say, I mean, if you're right and you might be right, what's to stop the West intervening again as they did back in 2014? You know, taking away Putin's puppet government and putting their own puppet government in, again.
6: <laughs> they're going to do that to Russia?
0: <laughs> but they've done it. They, they did it in 2014, didn't they? The, the fake um, Maidan revolution, which we talked about back in 2014, you and I. Are you,
6: talk, are you talking about the, taking the Ukrainian out? Yes, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Putin is, doesn't even insist that the Ukrainians be friendly, just that they're neutral. Yeah. They're supposed to be like Austria demilitarized and neutral. And he doesn't care if they're friendly or not. But I think uh, he made it quite clear if any Western country, including the United States, tries to get involved in him straightening out Ukraine, they've got a target on them too. He's going to strike them. He's made that that? completely clear. So if, if that stupid woman that you have over there in England, who's the defense minister, keeps shooting her mouth off, England may disappear.
0: The uh Liz Truss, the foreign secretary, she is a beauty. All right, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that Paul. A yeah. She's a bit she's a bit dim. Yeah, I mean, as far as stupidity but, but goes,
6: all of them are. I yeah. mean, the Germans, the French, they're they're all completely stupid people. And you know, it's it's like me going up to Mike Tyson and and, <laughs> and names, you know. <laughs>
0: I think there was a time when you would have had a go, Paul. I think there was a time when you might have held yeah. your own, but. uh
6: uh, I got more sense than that. You got
0: more sense than taking on Iron Mike. Yeah, that's uh, me and you both. <laughs> I, I agree. Paul Craig Roberts is our guest. Look, you're going to get some criticism. I've got to mention this for saying that you just go in yourself and you wouldn't care about casualties. That's not the Paul Craig Roberts I know. I mean, we're talking about innocent people, Paul. Governments do what if governments not, do. Not
6: innocent. No, but, but, but <laughs> Ukrainian citizens,
0: you know, the man and woman in Ukraine who, who get up and they go to work, the bakers, these are not bad people, Paul.
6: Well, but you see, they've permitted the eight-year massacre of the people of Donbass. They've done nothing. You know, there've been thousands of Donbass Russians killed since 2014. Thousands. They're under constant shelling. This is the reason Putin went in. And people didn't believe him. He said, this has got to stop now. And they said, ha, ha, ha. So... They found out what "ha ha ha" means. So these people are not innocent. They've tolerated it. Moreover, the reason I would wrap it up as quick as I could is precisely because the West is full of loudmouths, issuing all kinds of threats. So what if what if they blunder into a wider war? That's far far, far more, more dangerous. Die. Far more people. So the reason I would want the thing wound down rapidly would be to minimise the chance that the idiots in the West, Washington, London, Germany, Paris, that these people are completely capable of blundering into a wider war in which you're going to be talking about hundreds of thousands, millions. millions of maybe
0: millions. You know, I've got to say this, Paul. The UK Defence Secretary, a guy called Ben Wallace, and, and others in Europe, they have been unequivocal in saying that there is no chance of a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And they've said the reason for that is, is uh, because Russia is obviously a great nuclear power and they cannot possibly inadvertently, or they do not want to inadvertently trigger a, a, a bigger war. So, so they've been unequivocal. They've said, no way for the no-fly zone. We don't want to get involved in, in a situation where NATO countries are fighting Russia. So that's a good yeah. thing, right?
6: Well, that makes sense. But there's another reason they can't. Because Russia controls the airspace. And Russia has already demonstrated it can shut down all Western airplanes. Shut down their control systems at a distance of 3,000 kilometers. So if we were to send a bunch of people over there in an airplane, they wouldn't get very far. They would never have any chance of entering Ukrainian airspace. There's no, the Western, the Western air forces are nothing compared to the Russian. They can shut down the Western planes at will. I mean, you just lose control of the plane. None of your systems work. You can't fire your rockets or whatever. I mean, so that's the reason that they don't make any intervention. We're so outclassed by the weapon systems, by the training. Nobody wants to go up against it.
0: Let me ask you this. I'm going to change tack a little bit here now. On the programme last night, I interviewed an Irish writer who lives in Paris called Garaud O'Colmón. That's an Irish, a Gaelic name, Paul, and he's a very, very good writer. And he's appeared on Russia Today many times before. And Garaud has taken many of the positions you've taken over the years. But he said something very interesting to me last night. He said, we shouldn't forget that Vladimir Putin, as a president hasn't done anything to stop what we've been witnessing in the last two years. The You know, the Klaus Schwab great reset, the global reset. Putin hasn't stood against that in any way uh, at all. And that's something to be kind of interested in. And he also pointed out that Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, was on the World Economic Forum Young Leaders Program, which he was. Now, you might think I'm playing silly games here. I'm not. I'm interested. I have a theory that none of these governments, really, none of them, whether it be China, whether it be Iran, whether it be uh, the Russian government, that none of them are acting autonomously in maybe the way that we've believed they are over the years. That they're all controlled somehow. And he made a very interesting point about Putin not standing up to the tyranny of COVID and the vaccines and you know the the the, the Great Reset is that a fair point? I mean, do you wonder about that yourself sometimes? Who is Putin?
6: Really? Well, I, I, I recently wrote about this, and I said that... I
0: must have missed this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely good, because I read you religiously. I'll have to check it out. Go on, tell me.
6: Well, one of, one of my recent columns, I said that the uh, Achilles heel in Russia was the commitment of the uh, intellectual class and Putin himself to globalism. And I said, I didn't think Putin had had much time to think about this, uh, but uh, he is so <clears throat> committed to Russian sovereignty, how can he possibly be a support of globalism? Because sovereignty and globalism are mutually contradictory. Yeah, if you've got globalism, you don't have sovereignty. So I concluded that, well, you know, he got into office. He was faced with terrible situations. Russia was a, Russia was essentially a Western puppet state. He had to somehow bring it back and not get stopped in the process and he's, he he's had to put up with so much stuff you know we caused the Chechen Civil War. he had to put that down and he's just been too occupied now about the World economic Forum. It it is uh, managed to have a great PR. It's convinced everybody important in the world that you are a nobody if you don't get invited there. So it's like all the CEOs of the big companies, all the uh, appointed leaders and governments, you know, like me. I was actually invited to the World Economic Forum in Davos. I went. I went with Kissinger and Brzezinski. I actually went. Um, I wasn't interested in it they saw that they couldn't recruit me and I didn't get asked back but anybody who was uh, you know somebody likely to be somebody and anybody who was somebody they were all invited and they created this impression that you had to be a part of that and if you didn't you weren't going to be in on all the important changes and that globalism was the new world well uh, if you don't think very deeply about it, it looks like, yeah, sure, I'm a businessman, I want global markets, I want easy access everywhere, I don't want a different tariff in every country, it causes so many pricing problems, blah, blah. So everybody gets caught up in it, and all the leaders do. And and Putin has very much wanted Russia to be part of the West. So I think that explains his participation. It was uh, he actually believed now that communism was gone, and that and Russia was not an ideological threat to the West that everybody was going to get along and be together and and um, and things would be fine and so he's very frustrated and disappointed at the American demand for hegemony, which means nobody can have any sovereignty; you have to be a puppet state of America. He's been very disappointed about that. He's resisted it. He's spoken against it, but he can't change the American's mind. So I don't think it's a a very serious thing with him, this, this globalism or this WEF. It was just part of how the world was developing and Russia's going to be part of the West and This is an important Western institution. All the leaders go there. The businessmen go there. It's reasonable. So I think that's the answer.
0: That's reasonable. I'll give you that. Um, We don't have time to talk about the COVID tyranny and the fact he didn't oppose any of that. But I want to take you back, uh, my friend. And I don't patronise you when I say friend. You are a friend of mine. You've been a great friend to this programme. I was going to jump all over you a few minutes ago when you made a comment and I said I'd leave it because I saw that listeners were reacting to you, Mr. Roberts. You said when I said, what about these Ukrainian men and women, the bakers, the bankers, the candlestick makers, you know, the the, the 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 shoe salesmen and women? It's not their fault. They don't deserve to be blown up. And you said that they tolerated the Ukrainian crimes against the Donbass. Now, my instinct was to jump right in there and say to you, but I waited, I waited, because I knew the listeners would have a go at you. Did that mean, then, that those of us who were in the United Kingdom, when they were bombing Afghanistan and Iraq, did that make us culpable? Were you culpable as an American citizen?
6: I think so, yeah, because we're supposed to be democracies and the people are supposed to hold the government accountable.
0: Yeah, but we did our best. You did your best. We did our best. We told everyone who would listen that the wars in Iraq were tyrannical.
6: You and I. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, what else could we do? Yeah, but 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 you're not culpable, and we're making an assumption that people in Ukraine, a, knew about the extent of the murdering in 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 Donbass, and b that they ta- that they accept it, you know, that they agree with it. They probably don't, for all we know. Back to you. Go ahead.
6: Well, Richie, uh, I just pointed out that the Ukrainian people were responsible. They did nothing about it, and. I would say that Putin in his his invasion has been far more responsible than the Ukrainian bakers and candlestick makers. He could easily have had this thing all over with in 48 hours. He would be much better if it was over with because it's being used to make more propaganda about Russia, more lies. You know, like I said, we'll read in the morning, or the BBC will announce tonight that they're throwing babies up in the air and catching them on the bayonets. Yeah. Like like they said about the Germans in World War I. So, and we are running the risk that some idiot, some hothead, something will cause a wider war. Now, so it's best that it's over with quickly. And the quicker it's over with, the more the West is going to understand that when Putin says something, he means it. And when he says he's not going to have those missile bases in Romania and Poland, we'll take them out so that he doesn't have to go in and take them out. That's a much better scenario. That's all I'm saying.
0: I hope you're right. And listen, I, I always feel a bit embarrassed when I say like, when I say that I agree with you, you're a vastly more experienced person than I am. So it it doesn't do you any favours for me to say that I agree with you. I do see eye to eye with you on nearly everything. Spiro Skouras is an Arizona-based journalist. He's very, very good. And he would see eye to eye with you on a lot of things as well. And I know he's um, an avid reader of paulcraigroberts.org, but he's just sent me a document from the World Economic Forum, dated the 13th of October 2021, so, only a few months ago. And it says, Russia joins Centre for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Network. The Russian Federation and the World Economic Forum announced the Centre for the Fourth Industrial Revolution in Russia. So, and I'm not laying this at Putin's feet, but someone in Russia, or or, or at least some part of the Russian government, is pretty cosy with the World Economic Forum. At least it seems that way Anyway.
6: Yeah, well, of course. I, 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 of course. In fact, all governments are. You know, myself and the Saker and Andrei Martinov, we have all pointed out that the worst problem Russia has is its own intellectual class. They're all brainwashed. They're pro-American. Uh, half the media is in Russia. Uh, these people... Uh, want to be part of the West. That's more important to them than having Russian sovereignty. There are people who are so negative on Russia because of communism, of all those decades of communism, that they, uh, they worship the West. And this is a huge constraint on Putin. He's had a hard time getting government inch by inch out of their control or not it's not out of their control but reducing their influence on the government <clears throat> he's had a hard time simply closing down the CIA financed uh, non-governmental op- uh, organizations that are operating all over Russia because the intellectual class thinks this is a good thing and we have these american connections and all of the oligarchs, not all of them, but a lot of the oligarchs, they keep their money and their mistresses in New York or somewhere like that. And they want these connections. And so uh, the Saker says Russia's not only got a fifth column, it's got a sixth column. And I agree. And I've made this point myself over and over.
0: On your website, paulcraigroberts.org. In paulcraigroberts.org. Cou- in the couple of minutes we have left, you, you're optimistic that the Russian president will, will get his way and that this will, whether it takes days or weeks, that this will eventually, as a crisis, kind of dissipate. I, I think I get that from you.
6: Yes. You know, the, the, the problem he faces is negotiation. If he falls back into negotiation, and I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of the Russian influence makers pushing that. They don't want a victory. They want negotiation. They still hope to be part of the West and they are very much opposed to Russia showing that it'll stand up to people. They would would actually be happy if Russia surrendered. Now, I don't know how well you can stand up to all of that. I just don't know. I know it exists. And if he falls back in negotiation, then the Russians, who could easily take Ukraine and do whatever they want, in fact, all of Europe, if they won't, they'll be defeated by negotiation. And the whole West will say, oh, we were scared of this guy. But look, he's just a cat after all. He, he won't do anything. He, he's given up. He, he's on the verge of winning and gives up. And so I think that is always a danger. that's hanging over his head. I don't know. You know, the web, the Western media is so unreliable and irresponsible. It's created the impression that Putin is Russia, and his word goes, and he rules, and it's a dictatorship. And anybody doesn't agree, he, he kills them immediately. And this is all just BS.
0: Absolutely, he has yeah.
6: got that kind of power and control. And, and not only that, he's committed to law. To obey a law. Well, the West isn't. So, in effect, there's not any law if you're the only one who believes in it. If all the other countries are, I mean, look what the West has done for 20, 30 years with Serbia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya. It's endless, isn't it? We're bombing Pakistani villages. I mean, there's no law in the west and here he is trying to go by law and talks about international law and i will if nobody believes in it but him it doesn't exist and so i think he's capable of just being flummoxed
0: yeah and uh i've said this before but not recently it's a shame that people watching bbc news at nine o'clock this evening they won't get any of the analysis you've provided uh, I'm not saying that you're God and that you're right a hundred percent of the time, but it's very, very well thought out analysis. They won't get that. They will get exactly as you predicted. They'll get Putin is murdering babies. He's a despot and he has to be uh, brought to the Hague. It's nonsense, folks. I know you do anyway, but go to paulcraigroberts dot org, read Paul's articles and his guests, and support it, please uh independent media uh we don't have the advertisers we don't have the big corporations you've got to support the independent media when you can paul um i hope you'll you'll be back real soon uh thanks for sharing uh your time with us uh, this evening It's been absolutely fascinating as always uh, I really appreciate it i hope you uh, you understand that thank you so much.
6: Well, thank you for sharing your audience, and all the best to you.
0: Thank you, Paul. Paul Craig-Roberts, folks, live on the line. Uh, it's exactly nine minutes to the top of the air. paulcraigroberts.org is Paul's website. Check him out. As I said, if you haven't, I'm sure you have, support him. Support the independent media. Good to hear from Paul today. And you've been commenting, you've been opining there. You said you were a bit slow to pull Paul up, Richie. Well, I was going to pull him up straight away when he said the the Ukrainians were to blame for not objecting to their government's um, crimes against the people of the Donbass region. But of course I was going to pull them up on it straight away. But I I held my water for a moment, you see. I held my water. That's the thing to do. Uh, Not to be jumping in all over people, you know. Don't do that here. Uh, Let me get to your comments. The website's a bit slow loading. It's probably because it's been very busy. Indeed it has. Indeed it, as Gareth says, would Paul be saying this if he was living in Ukraine and his house got bombed? Thank you, Gareth. Gareth went on to say, good questions, Richie. Thank you, Gareth. Try to be balanced. We challenge things here, you know. I agree with a lot of what Paul says. I do. But, um, like like speaking with Garod last night, I'm not convinced. I never have been convinced of Putin. Like, if you... If you've been um, listening to to this programme, say, for a few years, you would have heard me talk about how how good it was that the Russian government intervened in Syria. How good that was, because it was very good, of course. But, that I didn't trust Vladimir Putin, you know. Uh, Keen says um, about Putin attending the Young Global Leaders training to get insight, protocol and information. Cian wonders that. Did Putin attend the young global leaders' world economic forum to gain insight, uh, information and, and, and protocols so that he could ultimately counter it? That is a good question. I suppose only Vladimir Putin uh, understands that or knows that. Craig came back to say it could be argued that by Paul's definition, every American and British citizen deserves death for allowing the many wars our government uh, has overtly and covertly been involved in. Um, I did challenge him, Craig, as you know, on that. That comes close to the critical race theorists claiming that all white people are guilty by allowing slavery. That's a good point. They also argue that we're guilty if we're not actively doing something. Isn't that a wonderful bit of bollocks, isn't it? Uh, Craig is bang on. That's what they they say. I see them all the time on social media. Some of the more prominent voices in the so-called anti-racism movements. That if you're not vocally standing up to racism, well, then you must agree with it. That's tyranny, that. I should be out there on the streets shouting um, against racism, and I should be signalling loudly at every opportunity that I myself am not a racist. Um, There are two words for those people, and the second word is off. I will speak on whatever subjects I choose And when I choose. And you don't get to tell me that by saying nothing. I had it out with people over the years on this issue. You know, I had a big row one time with Anjam Chowdhury. And another Muslim guy, they were calling out Jewish people for their complicity uh, because of their silence. Jewish people living in the UK are not complicit in the crimes of the Israeli government. Nor should they be compelled to speak out against it, to prove that they don't agree with it. Bollocks, that's dangerous. That's proper Fourth Reich stuff, that. You know, you better say out loud that you agree with me, or I'll assume you don't. We can't have that. Nor should Muslims ever have to speak out about terrorists. Of course... A great deal of so-called terrorist outrages were, in fact, false flag operations, and not really the work of lone Muslim madmen. But some Muslims have blown things up in the name of Wahhabism and, and stuff like that. Should our Libyan Muslim friends, should our Pakistani Muslim friends, have to publicly disavow that? Fuck no, they shouldn't. Lest lest it be assumed, lest it be assumed they support it give me a break. Well said, Craig. I've been banging that drum for years, you know. I lived in London when the IRA was still actively blowing places up. Nobody said to me that I had to disavow as an Irish Catholic and as an Irish Republican, as I will be till the day I die. Ireland belongs to the Irish and all of that. But nobody said to me, you need to make public proclamations against uh, terrorism or say that you don't agree with the IRA. Nobody said that. That way lies tyranny, I think, dear listener. Now, that's it really. Great uh, big thanks to Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening. I'm back with you tomorrow. I did mention already this evening. One of my guests will be uh, the great Gerald Salente of Trends. Journal.com. Don't miss him. Please do not miss him. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday In take care of yourselves and one another. Closing out with Old Slow Hand, this lovely song, which the critics didn't like, but I like it. It's called Change the World. That's the end of today's programme. Until tomorrow, adieu, adieu, adieu. Get back and reach the
4: stars.